This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Chanae Ogumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. What is up at Rotoviz family? Welcome back to the On a Daily DFS podcast. You can find us on Twitter at On a Daily DFS. You can find me at Salito FF. And of course, my fellow co-host at Matt Jones TFR and at TJ Calkins as well. We are here to take you game by game through the main slate for week 10. And for the first time ever in November, it's Masters Week. Guys, I don't think that is something we've ever had to cross-reference with NFL football before, as it generally takes place in April. But what you guys may not know, and you should if you follow the show and you follow Matt Jones, is that he is a golf aficionado. He does plenty of golf DFS as well. And I found out tonight that our own TJ Calkins is a, or at least once was, a scratch golfer, which, um, I, you know, the, these guys know their golf, and I know none. So, Matt, just tell people – I know you have a, a pod out uh, for the guy. Just tell where they can find all your stuff for the Masters so they can get in by tomorrow morning. Yeah, uh, Bogey Free is live on the Road of His Radio. Uh, I was just on uh, the show with Pete Overzet and Brian Hooper. Uh, if, if you're on my Twitter, you can find both of those things uh, and the article with ownership projections, the optimizers loaded up, the range of outcomes app. I got everything going this week, so... Uh, yeah, just go, go to the old Twitter machine and you will, you will find everything early lock tomorrow. So you got to watch it tonight or listen to it tonight. And definitely be sure to listen to it tonight. You're muted. So I am back and unmuted as TJ pointed (laughs) out. So make sure you listen to it tonight. If you're watching us live on the, on the, on the daily DFS feed on Twitter. And uh, of course, a reminder, Hey, we're all jacks of, of many trades and check out TJ's uh, UFC and MMA work 
daily as well. If you go onto his his Twitter feed, all the links are always up for that. But guys, let's get on to the main slate in the NFL for Week Ten, and we start. Uh, well, interestingly enough, because of the Masters, CBS has only three games this week, and we have a very rare five early games and six late games today, which usually we're clamoring for late games in the NFL. We don't have them. This week, we get six of them. I and- can't wait. I cannot wait to make the worst late swaps in the history of DFS <laughs> this week. <laughs> well, listen, maybe you could just get in and make some. There, there's actually a 405 slate and a 425 slate this week. So, <laughs> TJ, what's up? Well, here's it. Will we have enough information with that many late games to actually late swap? You know, I mean, you have to I'll be dead is dead is dead. <laughs> Matt is yeah. expecting the worst. So let's kick off at one o'clock with, of course, Matt's New York Giants, who got their second win last week. So the Philadelphia Eagles are going to visit the New York Giants. We got a 44 and a half total in this game. These two teams faced off just three weeks ago. In a game that will be remembered mostly for Daniel Jones running really far and falling down before he got to the end zone. Um, they totaled 43 in that game, so the number is right on the money. It was a 22-21 Eagles win. Uh, the best stat line in that game, he did not play great, right? If you watch the game, he didn't play great. But the best stat line overall in the game was Carson Wentz, who put up 359 yards passing, two passing touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. Uh, but, you know, no one else had any num- any of the numbers that jumped off the board. So let's just dig right in. I, I don't know that I'm going back to the well with Carson Wentz in that game as so many other people that make sense at uh, at better prices or prices similar to him. But we do get Miles Sanders most likely coming back this week. He was limited at practice on Wednesday. Uh, when he went out, he was getting – a crazy touch volume for Doug Peterson running back, which we don't normally see, but he was getting all the touches. Um, TJ, you jumping right back into Miles Sanders this week, or do you want to see how it all plays out? I mean, there is a ton of weapons healthy finally in, in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, I'm good with just about everybody on Philadelphia this week. I mean, I think we have to adjust to the fact that Wentz is now – well, he always has been, but he's being used as a rushing quarterback. He's got five of the rushing touchdown this year. Uh, we got a couple of 30 burgers in his last uh, last three games. And one of those was against uh, the same Giants team. And now he has Rager. And I think Rager might be in a blow-up spot at a very favorable price. So I'm probably going to be more in on the Philly passing game, which doesn't disqualify Sanders. You know, you, you can play Sanders with once. But uh, I'm more excited to stack, uh, stack once with Rager. And I think there's a specific comeback on this game uh, that we'll get to where you at Matt. Uh, Yeah, I agree with all that. I think uh, I, I don't really see um, many avenues where this game like goes crazy over. Um, I think it'll probably be a similar game to what we saw a few weeks ago. um, Just with uh, obviously with, with Sanders uh, in there, 7,700 could, I don't know. Maybe it'll keep his ownership a little, a little lower. Um, I know there's plenty of, there's plenty of uh, value guys that we're going to talk about at the running back position. So you could probably do, uh, you could probably do whatever you want, assuming that Sanders logs a full practice and looks like he's not going to be limited. I don't really have um, any qualms with with playing him. Uh, are you, are you thinking of coming back with? Uh, the tight end for the New York football giants, TJ? 
Uh, no, actually, I was going a different direction. I was going with the only wide receiver that's bankable for them now in the slot, and that's Sterling Shepard at a favorable 5K. Uh, definitely a volume roll. Sounds like Golden Tate is just dead. And uh, Slayton, Slayton, is he being phased out? What's actually happening there? Help me out. Is he being phased out? Yeah, I mean, you you see, and sorry, I said the wrong price. I was on the FanDuel tab. I I it's what is he sixty four hundred cents? Six sixty four hundred for right. Yeah, I was like, hold on, this is something's not right. I was like, hold on, there's actually you know prices on DraftKings that that seem high. I knew that was a that was a mistake. Um, yeah, I I I can't tell you what's going on there, man. Like they they bench Tate, uh, and and Slayton just literally. Uh, literally does nothing. He was on the field. He was on the field for 65 out of 77 snaps, and he saw one target. Um, I, I, I'm I at a loss for words. I said it last week that I, I don't know what the hell to make of this wide receiver situation, but um, maybe it is just it's just Shepard or nobody. Yeah, and just to add, uh, Evan Ingram is in a nice spot. It's the uh, 32nd-ranked tight end defense. He comes in at $4,500. He's back-to-back games of 10 targets, um, which he's only caught five and six of. We'd like to see those numbers get Sounds up there. Right. I, don't, I don't know if that's him or if that's uh, if that's Daniel Jones. Um, Wayne, Coleman has, uh, Wayne Goldman has three straight games with touchdowns, but at $4,500, it's a nice price, but I don't know that you jump in into the water at Wayne Goldman. And I cannot believe, before we move on, that nobody mentioned that at $4,000, I'll show Jeffrey's back this week for the Philadelphia Eagles. So uh, that means play Jalen Rager at $4,200. let us move on to <laughs> – That's basically why I didn't mention Fulham. Uh, you know, I, know. I, I think Alshon cuts into him. But one more yeah, note it's... on this game. We talked about Angram. Uh, the Philly tight end defense is – it's kind of skewed a bit by that Kittle game. So, you know, it, I don't think they're certainly a point of attack. But moreover, I don't think Engram's the best tight end play in this game. Oh, Goddard's back. Yeah, He's cheaper. Goddard is back. And that's why, um, as we mentioned earlier, with Sanders coming back, like you said, with Fulgham, so many weapons available for Philadelphia now. And that might be the reason why you do go to Carson Wentz. He's just got a ton of weapons, and he might be the, the best play. And to TJ's point, this is not a primetime game, but – Carson Wentz did hit twice this year for first touchdown of the game and paid really nicely, and the books have adjusted to that, unfortunately. So uh, let's move on to the Houston Texans coming in against the Cleveland Browns for a total of 53. Uh, Deshaun Watson comes in at $6,900. He's been good after a slow start to the season. Uh, this matchup is okay. It doesn't scream a must-start for him. Baker Mayfield is off the COVID list. It's a good matchup for him, but it never screams a must-start. Uh, for Baker Mayfield for me, especially with Nick Chubb being designated for return from the injury, from the IR. Uh, a decision on the status is expected to be made by Friday. So as you guys know, we record this live on Wednesday. Stay tuned to that. But he's in at 6,200, I believe. Kareem Hunt comes right under him at 6,100. This is a very attackable defense through the run. And uh, so, TJ, just tell me, as, the, as a resident Cleveland guy – if, if Chubb's a go, do you go with Chubb or do you go, you know, slightly cheaper to hunt or are you staying away from both of these guys? No, I, I 100% want a Cleveland back in this game. I, I, I The pricing is actually Chubb at 68, Hunt at 67. So if Chubb is a go. My bad. Uh, no, I just want to make sure. We're... 
uh, putting out the right pricing there. But I, I mean, I, I wish it was sixty one. That would be a lot better. But yeah, man, if uh, if Chubb Chubb's a go, he's he's a go. I don't think we're going to see you know eight carries easing back in. I think he's the bell cow. The team is absolutely well, not bell cow, but he's getting the volume. He's going to absolutely smash, especially a Charmin soft matchup like this one. Uh, Kareem Hunt becomes a pivot if Chubb is out. I mean, I, I, I want the back against Houston here. And the comebacks on this game with the Watson stacks, I, I am completely all over it. So, I, I mean, th- this might be the game for me. Uh, how are you feeling about it, Matt? Yeah, I think I think all that makes sense. I, I was actually kind of, kind of surprised. Uh, I was looking through the Pace app before, and this actually comes as far as like a neutral script. This comes in as one of the slower uh, and and fewer uh, plays run game on the slate, uh, which I feel like is I don't know. I thought that was kind of weird. Uh, it might just be a matter of neutral script uh, kind of skewing things a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I there's like you said, there's so many stacking options. Um, on the other side, and if Chubb if Chubb plays, there's there's absolutely no reason uh, to think that he's not going to just slot right back into his role. Like he's been he's been out, and if he's if he's healthy, he's healthy, and he's going to play. What what what's he missed? Four games now, right? Yeah, it's been at least four games that he's missed, and um, four plus by. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's plenty of time. You would think to. Uh, to get right, so I'm not I'm not really concerned. He'll just continue the trend of uh, running backs coming back from injury and smashing. <laughs> we had Cook two weeks ago. We had McCaffrey last week, and now this will be the the next one in that in that string. Yep, we had McCaffrey for a week. Uh, listen, let's talk about the guys on the other side before we get to the the wide receivers. Uh, Duke Johnson, uh, David Johnson rather, did not practice again on Wednesday. We know he left the game early, uh, leading to Duke Johnson getting the most carries um, of in a game in his career. And are uh, we seeing at $5,000 a Duke Johnson revenge game, TJ? I mean, man, I want David Johnson to be out of this game so bad. I, I mean, I can feel it in my bones. With Duke Johnson in the backfield, if they're doing anything properly, they're essentially throwing at an 80-20 clip. So you don't want to hand Duke Johnson the ball. He's not helping you in that aspect. And it's not attacking this defense in the, the best way that you possibly can. And just judging by the horrific nature of the Houston front and the horrific nature of the Cleveland back end, I mean, we could absolutely see a shootout here even if it is a slow-paced game. So attacking with uh, Chubb assumes Cleveland's competitive. Well, they have had a couple of duds where they were not, and I think you would want Hunt in that situation because he's going to get more passing volume. But if Chubb is playing, I'm just not going to play Hunt. I'm not going to do it. On the other side, if with Watson, you can stack to Johnson, and Fuller and Cooks are absolutely in play as well. And, I mean, they, they are – top scorer on the slate ceilings as you're talking tj right across my screen on the scroll it says 
David Johnson unlikely to play on Sunday. So we, you just might get your wish. Beautiful thing. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, listen, Cooks at $5,600 uh, comes in very reasonably priced in this situation. And Will Ford, 6700 is priced below those, those upper-tier guys in a position where he can absolutely smash. I will tell you, if you believe in trends over the last six games, Will Fuller has gone sub-100, 100, sub-100, 100, sub-100, 100, and this would be an off week, but you can't believe in stuff like that. Just just go with them. Uh, guys, let's move on to Jacksonville and the Green Bay Packers. This is a total of 52, with Green Bay carrying a weight of 33 of those 52 points, according to the, the Vegas Lions, and this can get really ugly and I don't expect the Packers to let up if it does get ugly uh so we could see a ton of smash plays in this game as well Aaron Rodgers at $7,900 had his third plus game last week against the Niners and Devontae Adams hits 9,000 this week, Matt. We're finally getting some pricing going on. Draft still games. not enough. <laughs> 9,000. He's got six touchdowns over his last three games. He had his third 150-plus yard receiving game out of the five that he's played healthy this year. Uh, is there any reason, Matt, that we would expect differently? And if you're playing cash games, is Adams just you got to plug him in and figure out a way to fill out the rest of the roster? Yeah, I mean, there there's a couple of – there's a couple of RB values, uh, Duke Johnson included, assuming that David Johnson doesn't play, uh, that that make it pretty simple to uh, to pay up for Adams. Like nine thousand is you know heading in the right direction, but he, I mean he's he sees like a dozen targets a week. <laughs> like he's like it just it never fails. Um, and when he's seeing that much work. Uh, you know, like he he's a threat for the bonus and multiple touchdowns every single week. So um I'm I'm of the mindset that I just need to figure out a way to uh to get him into my cash lineup regardless of what else is going on. Uh Marquis Valdez Scanling popped up for two touchdowns last week. I wouldn't grow accustomed to that. Uh I have not heard any news yet on Alan Lazard. I know he was back practicing last week. They did not activate him to play. But that is something I would follow up until game time, and I wouldn't get too uh, hung up on the secondary wide receivers because Aaron Jones is back and fully healthy. Jamal Williams is off the COVID list and getting back in there, and we just know that when all those guys are on the field, there's just too many too many good players to get the ball to to get those guys involved. TJ, anything on a Green Bay side you want to attack? I mean, they finally priced that rodgers Adam stack to a point where – Okay, this is uh, this is prohibitive enough that you can almost start to consider a fade in cash. I don't think it's quite there, like Matt said, but it's getting close. Uh, once you start getting a single entry in three max, now it is at a point where you can go a different direction. Uh, the nine thousand is that the highest player we've had that was active this season? Uh, I believe it is. Yeah, to my so. recollection, yeah. nothing popped higher than that. Yeah. And when you consider the fact that Jacksonville is probably not going to keep pace, I mean, that defense is so horrific, we could see 21 nothing in 10 minutes and then just kind of see I, – I, I don't even know if they're going to take their foot off the brake like you said – or off the gas like you said. 
it's just a spot where it just feels like it could be such a blowout and such a bust. I, I, I'm not eager to do it this week, and I don't know why. It's, it's more of a gut feels thing. But uh, on the other side, though, I do like James Robinson. Uh, game script independent. Uh, he can get receiving volume or he can get rushing work, and that is the avenue of attack for uh, against the Packers. And Chark, despite his explosion last week, uh, I'm probably going to be off of. I think it's a bad individual matchup. And let's see one more week of Luton against someone that might be able to stop him. Yeah, yeah, like what what did what did James Robinson do to deserve a price drop? Like he almost hit the bonus. He scored a touchdown. Like I, I don't I don't really get the get the pricing there. Um and the the targets weren't even there for him last week. Uh and you know, he's still what do you end up with like 15, 16 points? So, um, you know, they, they round that up, uh, and, and he gets a hundred yards instead of 99. And, uh, we're, we're talking about him in a different light probably. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely agree. I will have, um, my new, my new favorite, uh, contest is the five entry max, uh, the three point three. Um, so yeah, I'll definitely I'll definitely have Robinson in in one of those as the other side of uh, wherever I have Adams. Yeah, and it's an attackable uh, Green Bay running back defense, right? The 28th against the running back this year, and like TJ pointed out, if they can't get him going on the ground, they have shown the willingness to attack with uh, with the passing game, including James Robinson. So uh, Jake Uton, fifty four hundred dollars, comes off of an impressive start. You're not playing him, but he did show that he will throw the ball downfield and he has the arm strength to complete the passes. So there is probably a wide receiver on a Jacksonville side that will have good numbers in this game, but it's a dart throw to figure out who it's going to be. LaVisca Chenault is questionable, a little banged up. So something to follow. But if you're looking for a dart throw player, one of those wide receivers, including Keelan Cole could be uh, the guy that you want to throw into a deep lineup guys. Let's move to the Washington football team and the Detroit lions. We got a do we, 40... have to? <laughs> we do, we do. I, there's some <laughs> things I like in this game, not a whole lot, but some things. And there's a 46.5 total on this game. And guys, let me tell you how, uh, how mad I am at myself. I, I've talked more times about JD McKissick on this show than his mother has probably talked about him all season to her friends <laughs> on Mondays at, uh, you know, afternoon coffee. Uh, I, I convinced. I allowed myself to be convinced that this was now Antonio Gibson's backfield going forward after he had a 25 carry game before the bye week, and what we saw as a result was Gibson get nine carries, his lowest total of the season. J.D. McKissick saw 83 percent of the snaps last week, and Gibson's not practicing with a shoulder injury. The football team faces the worst running back defense in the league this week, and J.D. McKissick comes in at 49. Hundred dollars. So, have I convinced anybody yet at that cheap price? The targets he's got six less targets than Terry McLaurin over the last four games. He's he's not that far off of a wide receiver pace. Uh, is it just me, guys? That's going to play him this week? Am I just a fool? Am I a fish? What's going on here? Well, here, let me ask you a question. What's the final score of this game, Sal? The final score of this game. Listen, this game could. Could end up going over. I, it could be a fifty-point game. It could yeah, be. I mean, just give me, give me the winner and by how much? Oh, the, the winner of this game. I think Washington actually beats yeah. Detroit in this game. I think Washington could win so, this game. You don't agree? So you don't want to play McKinsey because he's completely game script dependent. 
They were in 20 early last week. You want them but to be chasing? They, they well, comeback mode. Yeah, absolutely. You want that satellite back out there, or you want that deficit when you play the satellite back. What if they I, win a lead? I, I, what, if, what if I'm seeing it as a late one, TJ? What if I see it as a JD McKissick final drive in two minutes, six catches on a final drive? They just can't get enough of them, and he pokes it at the end zone. What about that? I'm making this up as then I he, Then he got there late. Congrats. Good <laughs> <night>. <laughs> but in that case, I think Gibson has already gotten there. I mean, I have Gibson as the as the play on the Washington side in this game because I'm also of the mind that that script uh, favors Washington. I think Detroit is completely falling apart. The offense – is very anemic without Galladay at this point. Although uh, I do like Hawkinson on that side. I think he's got a great matchup and he's got volume now uh, with Galladay off the field. But uh, Detroit is just completely, the wheels are completely off against backs. So you you don't need catches. You just need carries and you're going to hit against them. So I'm absolutely on the Gibson train this week. Uh, For uh, the record, Matt, where are you? Before you go to Matt, sorry, record. No, it's all fun. it's all good. I put together, you know, I always like to do a quick lineup, my first lineup of the week, just to see what fits in where. And uh, my two running backs in that lineup were James Robinson and uh, Antonio Gibson. So I, I <laughs> that's just should tell you I'm full of shit. Anyway, go ahead, Matt. Uh, yeah, that my my favorite like correlation play is Hawkinson and McLaurin in this game. Um, Hawkinson has, I believe, thirteen red zone targets in the last uh, five or six weeks. Um, he he broke his streak against the Colts. Uh, but other than that, it's, yeah, five of the last six weeks, he's had multiple uh, red zone targets. And uh, he also is starting to actually see uh, more than his, you know, four or five that he was seeing. He has 18 over the last two weeks. So I'm pretty... Uh, pretty interested in Hawkinson I'll definitely have him in a in one of my GPP lineups this week uh and McLaurin just continues to uh see targets and if this game has a shot of uh you know producing even close to the total I think that you have a pretty good shot of grabbing a couple of touchdowns between those two guys yeah any uh, worry on the quarterback change in Washington not really. I mean, he's still going to see his targets. Like, he's it, is Alex Smith that much worse than like Dwayne Haskins and Kyle Allen? Maybe. I he's mean, certainly the end of the game, he Haskins. certainly was. Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, it, it's um, it's at least fun to watch Alex Smith be back out there, and we can at least enjoy the fact that this guy shouldn't. They could be walking to have a leg at some point. So, uh, I, I have written here, and I, I agree with Matt. Uh, Terry McLaurin is quarterback proof. He's he does it with whoever they drag behind center. Um, he's, he's the new Allen Robinson. That's it. Allen Robinson, DeAndre Hopkins before Deshaun Watson showed up in that offense. Um, yeah, my thing with uh, with Hawkinson is he, he's he's got a 10-point floor for, when for a tight end. You know, if you can get 10 points a week, I mean, if you're starting with 10 points, so to speak, and it can only go up from there, it, it's a position a lot of people punt. So, um the guy scores. He scores often. I, I don't know if we're on any of the running backs over in Detroit. It's, you know, two weeks ago, Swift had one rushing yard last week. He had 60. And by the way, two weeks ago, I actually bet the over on a, on a rushing prop for him, which was at like 12 and a half yards or something. It was like something ridiculous and he didn't hit it. He got one yard and this week he goes for 64. So he's just trying to screw me guys before we get on to paint some bills here. Do we have anything else? 
on this game. I think we've covered everybody in this game. So, yep. Maddie, it's on you, pal. All right. We uh, we have our, our usual crew of sponsors today. Our first sponsor for the show tonight is Indeed. Even though sports had a break, your business did not. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account whenever you'd like, and there are no long-term contracts. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses so far. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere, so go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offers uh, valid through December 31st. And our other uh, very loyal, very loyal sponsor, Bet Online. Football's back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. Also, just quick aside, it's Masters Week. We got to. Uh, we we got to make sure that we are getting some action in on the Masters. They have uh, they ha- actually have live hole by hole betting on uh, Bet Online, which is very fun. If you are sitting at your uh, at your TV and watching, uh, you can pull it up and and bet on literally hole by hole, golfer by golfer. So just a a, a little extra plug for them. Uh, if you don't already have an account, head over there today. And you can use the promo code BLUEWIRE to get a an exclusive uh, sign-up bonus. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So if I was, say, a novice golf follower and I wanted to make one, I wanted to pick one guy that could win this tournament, Matt. Who is your guy? Who is Matt's pick to win the Masters, the November Masters? Uh the <laughs> TJ, I just saw your your message. Um, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, man. <laughs> the uh, as as far, I mean, I'll I'll give you guys some picks if you want. Uh, I I have a an old ticket for uh for Bryson, so I'm hoping that that comes through. Um, if not, I I like Adam Scott and Jason Day in like the fifty to one range. Um, that's uh, I'm hoping that one of those comes through this week. No, Adam Scott, two first names, always a crowd pleaser. So uh, place your bets if you are watching us Wednesday. If it, if you listen to this Thursday afternoon, you, you blew it. Uh, yeah, and if they're ejecting currently while you're listening to this, then uh, just forget everything I just said. <laughs> yes, just delete, delete, delete. All right, guys, let's get on to the rest of the slate. We have our last early game, the Tampa Bay, what the hell happened last week, Buccaneers at the Carolina Panthers with a total of, of 50.5 we this is our second rematch game of the week these two teams met back in week two it was 31 to 17 tampa bay win and that was the game that mccaffrey actually originally got hurt in and he came back this week and instantly saw 18 carries 10 targets of which he caught all 10 receptions two touchdowns and a new injury 
to go with that. He is dealing with the shoulder issue. I would say he's listed as doubtful. He's not practicing. Everything I am hearing and seeing is that he will not play this week. Uh, they're probably going to do that in order to have him for the rest of the season. And that means one thing. We get a $4,000 Mike Davis this week. If Christian McCaffrey is out at $4,000, how do you not have Mike Davis in your lineup? He got eight receptions in the game against this Buccaneers team playing maybe a quarter and a half when McCaffrey got hurt last time. I, I see him heavily involved in this game. Matt, will he be in your lineups? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's a cash lock. Uh, he saw six targets last week, like, with with McCaffrey in the game, which is just completely absurd. Um, obviously, he, he didn't see, uh, you know, a ton of carries, but um, I, I just thought that was interesting. I, I Watching the game, I didn't realize that he had a half dozen targets. Um, yeah, $4,000 is stupid. I don't understand... I don't understand how Alexander Madison was. I almost said Alexander Hamilton because I was listening to that before. Uh, Alexander Madison uh, was like 7,200 a few weeks ago in basically the same exact situation. Uh, and they left Mike Davis at 4K. Like, none, none of this makes sense. <laughs> He's going to be like 90% owned in the double ups. Yeah, man, and you mentioned his lack of rushing yards. Well, you know what? He's already dropped 15 DK this year against Tampa whilst getting one rushing yard. So <laughs> I don't think he needs those. Yeah, so we in, in that first matchup, uh, DJ, DJ Moore, $5,100, and Robbie Anderson at $6,100 each had a 100-yard game in that first meeting. But uh, guys, all of a sudden it's the Curtis Samuel show in Carolina and it's three weeks in a row. It's not like one week here, one week there, three weeks in a row where they're game scripting for him out of the backfield and, you know, making catches. He's at a very reasonable $4,900. So I'll go back to you, TJ. I know that you're a big DJ. Oh no, actually Matt, you're a big DJ Moore fan as well, but are you playing any of these three, all of these three, or part of these three wide receivers this week? Uh, here, I'll jump in real quick. I think everyone is a DJ Moore fan of the player. I think everyone is becoming a hater of Rule because of what he's doing to DJ Moore. Now I'll yeah. pass it to Matt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the this is the first, if we're being honest here, this is the first uh, week that we can sit here and honestly be like, yeah, Curtis Samuel is like seeing work, right? Like he he had a couple of touchdowns the week before on five targets. Uh like last week he saw nine targets. I'm I'm much more uh I guess nervous for <laughs> for DJ Moore's sake. Um I I feel much more confident saying that I would consider playing him this week. He was in on the field for a uh, little bit under 75% of the snaps, and they clearly are making it, uh, for better or worse, making it a priority to uh, to include him. So at his price, uh, at 4900 I think that it's it's totally reasonable to take a flyer on him. Uh, TJ, what, what do you think about uh, Samuel, I guess, and then uh, more specifically the other two uh, options there? I'm just not going to play any of them, honestly. Uh... There's just – I think there's better wide receiver spots. I don't think any of these guys have, say, top three receiver on the slate ceiling. Uh, 
don't think there's a single matchup to attack. Let me remind myself real quick here, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you play I mean, you play Shepard over these three a hundred times yeah, out of a hundred, and it's the same price. Uh, well, it, it, at least eighty out of a hundred, you know, and <laughs> it. it it really is easy, and I mean, we haven't even gotten to another fifty-two hundred receiver yet. So, oh boy, we know who that receiver is. It's like it's it's as regular as the show showing up weekly in your podcast feed. That I'm just not going to say his name anymore. It seems to work when I don't <laughs> say his name. Well, guys, before we move out of this game, we have to attack the, the Tampa Bay side. We got three wide receivers over there that range from fifty-eight hundred dollars to sixty-three hundred dollars. Godwin's still nursing a hand injury. If you saw some of the pregame highlights last week, where he was trying to catch the ball while pushing his two fingers away from the ball, doesn't seem like an intelligent way to make a living catching footballs in the NFL. Um, it's this team offenses I've ever seen, Matt. There was nothing that went right about that offense last week. Uh, but I could see this being one of those scorched earth Brady weeks where Brady throws for four touchdowns. And if he does, who do we see getting those touchdowns? Yeah, I mean, you're you're definitely going to have uh, some low ownership if you play any of these guys this week. Um, I, I don't really see any of them, uh, any of them getting popular. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, what did Antonio Brown see? Five targets last week, or something like that, somewhere in that. All region. I know is he celebrated a lot on a one reception when they went down by about four touchdowns. So that shows you where he's at. <laughs> yeah. Um. He. Uh. You know, they they only ran forty nine plays last week, which is like completely absurd. Um. It, yeah. I. I don't know. I flip a coin. Uh. Eeny meeny miny mo. Ask your dog to to walk to a specific spot and let him pick for you. I don't know. I, I, I don't really have any interest in playing any of these guys right now. Uh, early in the year, TJ, early in the year, Fournette, 12 carries over 100 yards and two touchdowns in the game against this Carolina defense. And we do always say start running backs against Carolina. Fournette also the last three weeks, six, six, and seven targets out of the backfield. He is the, the third down back. Uh, TJ, what are you, if anything, playing on the Tampa Bay side? Well, on the receiver side, I think last week, uh, here's a snatch reference for you. Just like Frankie Four Fingers, we learned that Godwin Eight Fingers is better than 10-figure Antonio Brown and Mike Evans. Uh, AB, actually, I don't know if he was rusty. He, he didn't look quick. You know, He didn't look sudden. Uh, he, he didn't look like what I expected to see. It could just be first game action back, but who knows? Uh, if I'm playing a receiver here, it's Godwin. I really kind of like Godwin uh, out of the slot here. That that'll work out fine against Carolina. On the running back side, it's still a split. But if you're picking one, it's going to be Fournette. It's a guy that's just like an okay play, but there's just no level of excitement playing him this week. You want anyone yeah. on Tampa, Matt? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Seth. No, it's all good. If you could get the volume with the with the with the pass catching and the yardage, then that he wins he wins out in that back that backfield. But it's not a for sure thing, right? So yeah, Matt. Before we move on, anything else you got with Tampa? Nope. No, let's hit the late games now. We go with the Los Angeles Chargers at the Miami Dolphins with a total of forty eight. We have a matchup featuring the number five and number six picks in this year's NFL draft. Justin Herbert at $6,600 has been an absolute fantasy stud from the second he took the field back in week two. 
After a slow start in his first game two weeks ago, Tua Tagovailoa last week played a great game. He played a great NFL game, right? I don't know if he lit up the scoreboard for your fantasy team, but he did it both through the air and with his legs, so we got to see that part of his game. He had 35 rushing yards, picked up some big first downs with his legs as well. Uh, this one should be fun, guys, but I got to ask you honestly, outside of Keenan Allen with Justin Herbert and possibly a stack, I, who else will be playing in this game? Because the running back situation in Los Angeles, if there was one guy, I'd like it a lot, but it's never one guy, and it's never the same guy. So I'm going to turn this one over to you first, Matt, then to TJ. You guys tell me what else I should be looking for in this game. Why, you you guys didn't like uh, the, the Justin Jackson play last week? <laughs> oh, that burned a lot of people. Aside from Justin Jackson, I, I listened to uh, – to the David Johnson, this was the week to play him thing, and that hurt me where I did play. It's a little bit of DFS I did play last week. But anyway, getting back to this game. Yeah, I mean, again, this is like one of these spots. Like, ha- what does what does Keenan Allen have to do to, to be 8K? Like, he just sees double-digit targets every single week. Uh, and, you know, like they're – as a team – uh, you know, it's not like they're they're anemic on offense or something like that. Like they're they're scoring in the mid twenties and into the thirties every single week, and Keenan Allen has a big part of that. And they still just they just won't price him. Uh, won't price him any higher. I think he's going to be pretty popular. Um, as far as the running back situation on <laughs> on either side, um. I will not be clicking on any of those names. Uh, maybe, maybe TJ, you feel differently, but I, I will not be. Uh, I will not be going there. What, what do you like in this game, TJ? Um, I, I mean, it's actually a great game for tournament players. I, I don't know if cash players are going to love it for really much, like you said, just Keenan. But on the tournament side of things, I quietly Mike Williams is kind of like a healthier Wolf Fuller from previous years. You know, he could absolutely break a slate any given week. And I, I, I definitely will use a little bit of Mike Williams. Uh, I don't know if I want to attach that to Herbert or not. I think there's a slightly better quarterback play. It's not like way better. Uh, two has got a favorable price on the Miami side. And it stands the reason that without Preston that Parker gets a volume spike. So a little bit of Parker, no backs. No tight ends. Man, Hunter Henry died, didn't he? I mean, it's just I don't think we've discussed him all year. Like he's just no. yeah, it's just not, because, not happening for him. Because late in the game they go to Donald Parham. It's just it's it's painful to watch. But TJ, just before we move on from this game with Mike Williams he won and me so much XFL money. I love that guy. It, uh, listen, we remember him well from his his glory days in the XFL. And as a Raiders fan, very happy to see him drop that ball in the end zone last week. But TJ, before we move on with Mike Williams. There's no doubt the talent is there, and and coming from a guy who's been thwarted by great wide receivers that get injured, is he is he soft? I mean, because he gets hurt a lot, and it seems sometimes like he gets hurt on plays where you wouldn't expect an injury. So I, I know you haven't stayed clear of of the fifty two hundred. That's that's going to be his new name, fifty two hundred. Uh, so you're not worried in any way, shape, or form about the injuries that seemingly pop up on a semi regular basis with Mike Williams. Sure, I am. I just, I, I just said healthier Fuller. I mean, he's not out for ten weeks, so he's healthier. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so seven, yeah, seven uh, week I mean, Fuller. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, can uh, can can we just do something real quick about Hunter Henry? 
Sure. So I, I want you guys to guess among tight ends, where do you think he ranks in targets this year? Oh boy. In targets. So, uh, go ahead, TJ. You guess first. He's getting like seven a game. So I'm going to say like six or seven. <laughs> he's seventh in targets and he's completely <laughs> unusable. Like that just tells you everything you need to know about tight ends right now. Oh, I know one league right over. One dynasty league where I'm asking over pay for him. And by the way, just an update in that dynasty league that TJ and I are in together and I beat him early in the year. He smacked the crap out of me this past week. Like I like I didn't even belong in fantasy football. He beat me like a like a rented mule. So uh thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. Let's move on to the Buffalo. You're welcome, buddy. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills and the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, a total of 56, which Matt put a note in here that this moved up four points, and it's probably because people looked at the game and went, holy shit, it's the Buffalo Bills and the Arizona Cardinals. They don't not score a lot of points, and they're playing each other. So talk about a an absolute fire show between young quarterbacks. Josh Allen at $7,500 uh, was back to what we saw the first three weeks of the season with a 39-point game last week and seemingly just buried the Seahawks early to the point where they had no shot in that game. I mean, they made it seem close at the end, but that was not a close game at any point. Um, let's see if that continues this week. And Kyle Murray, who's up to 8,000, he he went over 40 points for the second week in a row last week, guys. Um, how he's got, by the way, he had a 100 yards rushing last week and his eighth rushing touchdown in eight games. He's on pace for 16 rushing touchdowns this year. So, TJ, how do we pick between between these two quarterbacks this week? Or we just play enough lineups where we get them both in? Yeah, I don't think either are a fade, but I, I honestly I don't know that I want to go overboard, fully overboard on either one. Uh, I want some leverage, and I, I mentioned like Wentz earlier. I absolutely love Wentz. I love Watson. Uh, Wentz is much cheaper. He brings a different uh, lineup composition. Watson isn't a ton cheaper, but he is also cheaper. And uh, I, I'm probably going to limit my ownership on these quarterbacks uh, because of those other guys that I'm just kind of a bigger fan of. What about you, Matt? Matt, Matt we know you, you don't. Matt doesn't pay up for quarterbacks. We know that. So no, we'll just get no, his. that's not true. Oh, that's not true. You're... You know, TJ, it's like eight, ten weeks. I've learned nothing. Nothing. No, the the thing is the and I've been, I was thinking about this in the car before the the whole like reason for not paying up for quarterbacks in previous years was the uh, what you needed to pay for the flex players, right? Like if you have to decide like paying 10-2 for Christian McCaffrey, then you have to make a sacrifice somewhere. And, and typically quarterback scoring uh, like historically has been pretty concentrated and flat. And you can say, oh, you know – maybe you're losing like three points off of your, your medium projection um, by going down to like a $5,600 quarterback or whatever. You just don't need to make that decision. Uh, I feel like this year. Uh, so yeah, no, I've been, I've been playing uh, pretty much like Kyler and Russ uh, every single week. Um, and it's been, you know, it's been working out uh, pretty well. It, Kyler has had at least 7.8 uh, points just from rushing alone in every game this year. Like, it, the the floor that he has is is crazy. You're obviously paying for it this week. Um, but, you know, if he's proven that he can put up 35, 40 points. Um, he's one of the few quarterbacks that uh, is, like, a real threat to – uh, hit both bonuses. 
So I'm I, I'm prioritizing playing Kyler most weeks. Uh, there's not going to be a week that I don't have him in at least one or two of of my uh, GPP lineups at least. What a long way you've come from the Mitchell uh, Trubisky days, Matt Jones. I'm very proud of you. Um, TJ, last week I mentioned that if John Brown didn't play, that the $3,200 price tag on Gabriel Davis was very nice, but John Brown played. And uh, Gabriel Davis still put up 5X on what he cost. And if you watch that game, or if you always call it highlights, he actually scored a second touchdown that he was ruled out of bounds on, and they didn't challenge it. And afterwards, the announcers made a point to say, they should have challenged it because he absolutely scored on it and his day would have just been that much bigger. Uh, John Brown is nicked up again. Uh, I think he's going to probably play, but he's not, he's not, he's not full uh, capacity. And and Davis comes in at 3,400. I know you're, you've been a Cole Beasley guy, TJ, but uh, does Davis get you at at all looking in his direction at 3,400? I mean, sure. Sure. We got a shootout game. He can dabble, Mm -hmm. you know, I I don't think it's, uh, you know, let, let me go overboard here, but you know, it, just changing up the lineup composition, getting 10%, 15%. I, I'm on board with it. Uh, do you think it's anything more than that, Matt? Uh, no, I, I think I think that that's fine. I think it's a good uh, it's a good correlation play uh, with you know a stack on the other side, and I, I think that that make that's fine. I'm uh, I'm trying I'm currently trying to build. Uh, a lineup with him right now just to see how and the and the value running backs just to see like how how beautiful it can uh, it can get <laughs> well if, if you have enough room on the other side but you consider playing uh deandre hopkins i mean we've seen christian kirk now put three straight weeks of 20 plus points up and uh the, the targets have gone down for hopkins he only saw three targets last week he caught all three of them but that's all he saw last week and is it is it just a matter of the double coverage, Matt? That you think that that, that Kirk has become irrelevant, and um, can you see up five touchdowns in three games for Kirk? Can you see that continuing? Yeah, I mean the this I, the amount of money that I punted off last year playing Kirk. Uh, I wish I could write it off my taxes or something. Um, <laughs> I know that the week that I jump on Kirk, it's going to be the week that. He goes back to uh, <laughs> to like two targets, uh, two deep balls that he just completely whiffs on. Um, yeah, I I I think I would just keep betting on on Hopkins. Seventy seven hundred feels uh, like pretty reasonable. I think uh, even if he has these games mixed in where he kind of uh, disappears. Like I feel like was it the Jets game too that he didn't. Uh, I think he, he had a touchdown. He had a touchdown in that game that 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 bailed him out. But I remember sweating that pretty hard because I think I played him in cash that week, and he, I think, had like two or three targets in the first like, you know, fifty minutes of the game, and then he scored at the end or something. Um, what what are you uh, what are you thinking for uh, for Hopkins, TJ? Just two. Pr- I mean, just like. It's much like the quarterbacks, everything in this game. I don't think anything is – including Nuke, including Kirk. I, I don't want to be truly overweight on anyone on this game, but I also don't want to be without him. It's just kind of when building, make sure they're in there, make sure you're not without. But for for whatever reason, I think the feel of this game, especially the projected ownership of it, I, I just don't want a huge part of it. 
Yeah, I mean, that could be an excellent way of looking at it, TJ. Hopefully people are on it and it plays out the way you're thinking, where you could be in other places and it just pays off for you. Uh, last thing, uh, Chase Edmonds saw his first you know, full-time role, 25 carries, three receptions, and put up a measly 11 points. Not what you want to see for a guy who had 28 touches in a game. So uh, he's at $6,300, which is medium range for a running back. Let's Let's see. I'm going to be watching to see if he does better this week. He'll not be in my lineups. Um, Denver and the Las Vegas Raiders with a 51.5 total. Uh, listen, I, I'm saying that nauseam that I'm a Raiders fan, right? They put up points every week, which makes me happy as a fan. But there's nothing on the team that gets me excited from a fantasy standpoint every week. Every once in a while, Nelson Aguilar looks like something special. Uh, Henry Ruggs is not done with Jerry Judy on the other side, has uh, done recently, and we'll get to Jerry Judy in a second. Uh, Darren Waller is the, the most consistent guy every week here that you maybe want to get your lineups. Um, we thought last week might be a Derek Carr week, and as it turns out, it's never a Derek Carr week. So, Matt, before we talk about uh, Jerry Judy on the Denver Broncos side, is there anything on the Raiders at all that even stops you? for a second i mean it, i guess if you're if you're gonna do a correlation play uh with judy it would be waller uh just from like a volume perspective but like 10 targets and then he has like 22 yards last week he got there with the touchdown but um yeah it something something seems uh like it's it's not quite translating to fantasy it's definitely translating to nfl scoring um, but it's it for whatever reason it it hasn't really led to uh, at least predictable good games uh, from the Las Vegas uh, skill players. Yeah, I just they, want to mark down that's the first time I've said Las Vegas and not Oakland first. So yeah, so. and and refer to them as having skill, which is nice. <laughs> um, we saw Devontae Booker like get a lot of touches last week, and that, and the first touchdown which killed which killed me as a as a heavy Josh Jacobs owner in in season long and dynasty. So. You know, they use all their weapons. Like you said, it's a good NFL plan, and that's what they're here to do. Um, they're not here to make us happy. So, uh, TJ, any input on the Raiders? And if uh, if and you don't have any input on the Raiders, let's get to Jerry Judy at $5,600. 24 targets over the last two weeks. And for lack of a better way of saying it, the quarterback is locked in on him. Um, but I don't think, yeah, that's right. I made a dad joke, man. That's right. You shake your head, pal. <laughs> TJ, uh, is there any player in this game outside of Jerry Judy to get you excited? Well, KJ Hamler every week, but, uh, you know, we won't talk about how this year is going. It hasn't gone terribly, but you know, I, I'm still a huge Hamler truther, which my natural inclination is to go off of Judy every week. Luckily I didn't last week. It helped out with the McCaffrey and Cook lineups. So uh, I actually had some real sweats last week. I, I know we didn't talk about last week yet. Connor and the Steeler defense really hurt me, man. I had I had some yeah. bangers going into that. But, uh, yeah, I, I, Judy, again, um, I, I, I think it's happening. I, I think the explosion happened, and now uh, the floodgates are open, and Matt made all the money off Judy last week, and he'll tell you more about him right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I was uh, I was very pleased. I played him in cash. Uh, 
and I too was uh, was pretty pretty heartbroken with uh, the way that the Pittsburgh game went. I had I think two two lineups in the like top two hundred of the three point stance and just dropped and dropped and dropped as Connor scored like two and a half points. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean Judy, there's there's very clearly. Uh, something there people are catching on he's going to be more popular this week but I don't think his ownership is going to get to a point where um, you know where like he's unplayable or anything he'll be like nine ten percent owned uh, and you just you figure out where you want to differentiate somewhere else in your lineup and uh, so Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay at 5,200 and 5,000 respectively. They have nice matchups, but again, you're throwing a dart at which one's going to have the bigger week each week. And there's much better running back plays on this slate to get caught up in that backfield. Guys, you both spoke about James Conner and the next game up is the Cincinnati Bengals at the Pittsburgh Steelers with a 46 point total. The first thing I see about this game is it's a seven point spread and I'm taking the Bengals with the points this week because I just don't think Pittsburgh is the best team in the NFL. They're a good team. they got a very solid defense, right? You can't deny that. I just don't think they're the best team in the NFL. And I think the Bengals, if this game was in Cincinnati, I would almost consider betting the money line on the Bengals because the Bengals are alive and they're, and they're, they're just, they don't know any better. They don't know that they don't belong, right? And they come out and Joe Burrow is firing a ball all over the place. And that's a lot of fun. Before we get over to Mr. 5200 and his team, Joe Mixon at 6100 is still not able to practice team drills as of Wednesday this week. And they're coming out of a bye week. So that's not a good sign for Joe Mixon. Keep an eye on that as you go into the weekend, but probably not somebody you're going to want to get in against this Pittsburgh defense while being banged up. But the wide receivers have been the lifeblood of this team. And let's just talk about Boyd at 6400 and Higgins at 5500 because I cannot imagine regardless of how cheap he gets tj i know i'm done going to the aj green well but uh what do you feel about the the way the cincinnati Bengals are going to attack this off this uh pittsburgh defense well with or without Mixon, i don't think they'll have any success on the ground at all uh pittsburgh did escape last week so it, it almost feels like they should be in a letdown spot and like you said if on the road it would be like yeah they're gonna let down this is where they fail but going back home Honestly, Burrow's first trip to Hines, I, I, I don't think it sets up perfectly, and I think they're going to play from behind, and I think uh, the Pittsburgh wide receivers are basically going to do whatever they want in this matchup. So you, you probably do get that volume from Burrow and the two receivers you mentioned. In uh, Boyd and Higgins, I think they're fav- favorably priced, and I, I think volume comes for at least one of them, if not both, and I, I think the spread creates a proper script for that. And we talked about Pittsburgh last week. Uh, game script doesn't matter to them. They're going to throw the ball, and they're better at throwing the ball than, than they are running the ball. Right, James Conner? You asshole. <laughs> Conner, nine carries for 22 yards last week. And it, and when they were in by the goal line, it was not him carrying the ball. Uh, and the other running backs didn't do anything. It's not like his job is in jeopardy, like people are worried. They, they all average like two and change uh, per touch. And it was just – an ugly week. It was just an ugly week against a really bad football team, which is what I think shocked everybody, Matt. Um, listen, Juju uh, did not practice on Wednesday, but this has been a regular thing all season. He does, however, have a designation for an injury with a knee. 
Uh, should he be out of the game, which I think is far-fetched, but slow down, it only it only furthers the the lean towards uh, Chase Claypool, who saw 13 targets last week at $5,800, and Deontay Johnson. That's right, I said his name, not TJ, who saw 10 targets last week at 5,200. Both of them saw around 14 or 15 points. Uh, but like uh, like TJ said, Matt, this could be a smash spot for these two wide receivers. What are your feelings? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, this, uh, as far as either neutral script, assuming that it it stays close, or uh, just across all situations, if it doesn't, uh, this has the highest plays per sixty minute uh, average of any game uh, of the week. So definitely looking at a lot of plays. Um, I think that you could you could realistically mix and match, uh, you know, Johnson with Boyd or Higgins with Juju or with Chase or like you could you could do anything that you want. But I think a lot of my lineups are going to, even if they don't feature either of the quarterbacks, a lot of my lineups this week are going to feature uh, at least one wide receiver on either side of the game. Who's that guy you said? Juju something? It's a double juju. It's a juju. Juju. I never heard of him. <laughs> Listen, at 46 uh, total, uh, the Bengals have scored 30-plus points, I believe, four times this year, and they've been over 20 and 27 in two other games. They have a 19-5 implied total. Does this – it's a 46 number and scream over in this game, TJ, like bet the over? I mean – at the top of its lungs, uh, Matt mentioned the pace, and we're talking about a Bengal team that isn't afraid to sling it and sling it and sling it against a Pittsburgh team that only slings it and slings it. And now we got a Pittsburgh defense that, I mean, they could put up 14 and Burrow just goes minus two on DK, and that doesn't matter. You know, the defense smashes, and just the point total just keeps increasing, increasing, increasing. So, yeah, I, I am 100% on board with that call, man. I would uh, just remind you that Big Ben is right now on the COVID list because of close contact with Vance McDonald. So that is something to follow up. We saw last week we talked about Matt Stafford. He was approved to play as of Saturday and did play and played absolutely poorly, terribly, and then ended up leaving the game with a concussion. So um, you probably don't want to play Big Ben, but just keep an eye on that for his his weapons because Mason Rudolph makes everything feel a whole lot different in Pittsburgh. All right, guys, San Francisco 49ers at the New Orleans Saints, uh, 49.5 total with, again, the New Orleans Saints carrying 29.75 of that. So let's just call it 30 points. Boy, the San Francisco 49ers have fallen and have fallen hard as the defending NFC champions with so many injuries across the board. It just seems like there's nobody on that team. I want to play. We looked at, um, at uh, was it Ayuk, but uh, he ended up missing a game because of some crazy 2020 COVID reasons. Uh, Matt, is there anybody on a 49ers you even want to consider this week? I mean, <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, I guess, I guess Reed uh, would be the, would be a flyer. Um I'm I'm not like jumping for joy uh about it. What what about you, TJ? Am I am I just whiffing on something here? I, I don't really feel like I want a, a piece of that. There's one play I love it. It is Ayuk, and I think he eats Lattimore's lunch, and I think he has another big game. Uh 
he he's sub six k. Was he fifty seven? Fifty seven hundred. So yeah, uh, I, I I truly truly like Ayuk. It's not just kind of like a force mid type thing. I, I really like him as a tournament play on that side. Yeah, listen, we mentioned Reed, obviously. So, yeah, we we've spoken about Ayuk on here before, and with Debo out, he he picks up that role, right? They find ways, especially with the the myriad of injuries in the backfield, they find ways of getting the ball into his hand. So it's a good call. On that, over on the New Orleans side, uh, you know, Kamara is in a 8,200 for what is left of the San Francisco defense. They have done well against running backs this year. But, guys, I want to turn to Michael Thomas, who returned last week, right, but he didn't play his alpha role that we've come to know and love, the massive target value. I think he saw six targets and maybe caught five of them. He's at $7,400, which is $1,600 cheaper than Devontae Adams. Do you think, is there a narrative where they, they want to, knowing, knowing that the San Francisco team is not that good, get that connection going back between Breeze and Michael Thomas? And is there a possibility, Matt, where we could just see a 14, 15 target Michael Thomas uh, game where he's going underlooked this week? Yeah, the this whole, this whole pricing thing, uh, again, is like... I get that he didn't play for a couple weeks and he, uh, you know, didn't, didn't like just slot right back in to his usual thing. Uh, but I believe that it was last year. Uh, I want to say that it was maybe a, a game out West. I forget what it was, but he was like stupidly priced, uh, in a game last year and he just like completely, uh, completely went off. I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember which game it was now. Um, oh no, it was. Uh, they they put him at they put him at 6600 against the Bucks last year, and he scored like 40 points. Um, it, it it feels eerily uh, reminiscent of that to me. It, I think that we're going to be recording this next week, saying uh, why was he why was he 7400 dollars. TJ, you agree on that? And what are your feelings on the rest of the Saints this week? My God, if they just let Thomas run slot routes against K1 Williams this week, he's going to just eat him for lunch. <laughs> it, it, it'll be a smash. And we saw that game last week where everything got spread around, and it's easy to forget, you know, the two man show we saw with the Saints for most weeks. You know, they'll have those games where they tend to break their tendencies, and then it's all Kamara and Thomas again. So yeah, uh, I I I find no faultiness in the logic there. Yeah, and it's and it's just those two guys. If you want to squeeze Kamara in your lineups because you just like to have Kamara, I don't know if this this is a must have week for him. So let's so let's roll out Michael Thomas and let's roll in to the last game of the main slate: the Seattle Seahawks at the Los Angeles Rams. A high total of fifty five point five. And it's what's interesting in this game is you have. The defense that has been the best at stopping wide receivers this year in the Rams against the defense that has been the absolute historical worst in the Seattle Seahawks. Um, they've also the Rams have just stopped the passing game pretty well altogether. Uh, but we've seen what with Russell Wilson can do. So, guys, I, I got to point that something about Tyler Lockett. He's in his last five games, he had a 56 pointer, but that 56 pointer was surrounded by 5.9, 8.4, 7.3, and 
zero. Um, uh, this is a good defense against wide receivers. So is it just play DK and move on from Lockett at this point? Was that an aberration? I mean, he's got a 40-point game this year also, Lockett, but that's it. He's got a 40, a 50, and a bunch of crap, Matt. So Lockett's just not a guy you can play every week. I mean, I think people are playing him thinking they're going to get that 56 every week, but it's just not a thing. No, I mean, he he's still going to be higher owned uh, than Metcalf this week. Uh, again, it it's not a decision in a vacuum, right? Like price is taken into consideration there too, but even so, um, you're just you're just not getting. Uh, you're you're just hoping for the that bomb, that moon ball that that Russ throws uh, to to work for Lockett. Like he's just it's just like just play play Metcalf. Like figure it out. Find <laughs> find the money. I, like I, I don't know what else to tell people. Like there, we're we're probably gonna see a few more weeks where this price keeps the price difference keeps getting more and more, and Lockett's ownership is gonna keep going up and up and up. And like there's, I mean, yeah, maybe it beats you one more week this year, uh, but I think over the long term, I think playing uh, Metcalf as long as he is lower owned. Uh, is going to be the is going to be my the way that I'm attacking this passing game. What what about you, TJ? Yeah, I think you said it 100 right, man. Uh, I I don't think what your goal or your turn contest selection or what you're playing. I don't think I think it's kind of independent. You can play TK every single week, yeah. and he's essentially matchup proof. Uh, although the Patrick Peterson game was a, a shock for me, and obviously that was game locket smash there. I believe that was three weeks ago. This is another spot where, you know, could be a tough matchup for DK individually, and the slot is much more attractive against the Rams. So this particular week of tournaments, I will play at least equal locket to DK, and to Matt's point, I'm probably wrong in that, but <laughs> when you got a slate breaker and you have to have them to actually make, you know, make the huge dollars, I, I, I don't think you can be without. And, and so with that said, and knowing what I said earlier about the Rams defense, it, it shouldn't scare us about the Seahawks this week, right? I, I don't know that they're a must-have uh, in there, but and some people might be scared off of them, so maybe the ownership will be down and it becomes a, a better play. Here's where I thought Matt Jones would be going this week for his for his cash quarterback, the $6,500 Jared Goff playing against the epically terrible Seattle Seahawks defense. Uh, Matt, is, is Jared Goff – Did you Goff, say golf or golf? Four <laughs> is um, – I mean, it's, it's Masters week. You have to have a guy whose name you could mistake for golf. If you're doing a three, a three max or the new fan Matt Jones fan favorite five max – uh, is Jared Goff going to see his way into some lineups this week? Uh, me, I mean, I don't think you, I don't think you need to play him in cash. Like I think, uh, Mike Davis and, and Duke Johnson kind of make you able to do whatever you want in cash. So whether that decision is playing, uh, you know, playing Kyler at QB or whether that means getting Adams and, and, and Thomas or something. I think that's probably the decision point for me this week. Um, or maybe I play Goff and get the, all three of the guys that I just mentioned into my lineup. Like that's, that's kind of the, the decision that I'm making this week. Um, I, I don't know, TJ, if you're, if you're playing Goff, uh, 
what what's your what's your stack uh preference there i it's it's essentially a tie i mean i think both cooper cup and robert woods are absolutely phenomenal plays we've seen what seattle allows to wide receivers and particularly in the slot now we're seeing both both of these guys going to get slot snaps unless they both hit 20 i think there's a super high probability one of those two guys is a top three wide receiver scorer on the slate uh, yeah, listen, and we'll just wrap up with saying the running back situation in in Los Angeles is probably something we want to steer clear of. Daryl Henderson not practicing coming out of the bye week is a bad sign. Uh, Matt, when you were listing the guys that make it easy for you to get prices in there, your mouth was saying Duke Johnson, but I felt like your body was saying J.D. McKissick. I just want to throw that in there at the end of the show. But uh, one more time, everybody, uh, check out Matt Jones and all the places that he said at the beginning of the show and uh, for all that that good golf stuff going into the Masters. And uh, listen, this has been the On The Daily DFS podcast. Find us on Twitter at On The Daily DFS. Come back every Wednesday night live for us to help you get through the main slate game by game. Uh, appreciate my fellow co-hosts, Matt Jones and TJ Calkins joining me every week. And until next week, we hope to see you in the green.
Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.